they tried to stop my shine, but I said, hold up. Y'all know how many hoes done tried to hold this hoe up. Tokyo music. Crack, keep it tight like the circle of life, like the band is your waist, 90s puffy and maze. Uh-huh. I bring the news like Zazu, but keep it king like Simba. Some hot takes on the day, and something to remember. These haters be scars, you know they try to deny me. But I fights like Nala And give them looks blue ivy Hey y'all, what's up? Hey y'all, what's up? Another week, let's go, let's go Another week, let's go, let's go How's everybody doing this week? I know I give y'all two shows this week, but it's because I didn't give y'all a show last week. So I'm making up, you know, sometimes like in school, you know, you miss a week for vacation or something. You have to make the shit up. So I'm making the shit up. Um, So welcome to uh, Craig's Pop Life, um, a black gay excursion into pop culture. I am your host, Craig Seymour. You know me. I've been writing about music and pop culture for more than 20 years now. Yes, I am that fucking old and proud of it because I can say what the fuck I want to say. Anyway, you can read some of my music writing at rnbing.com. Um, I'm also an author who has written a number of books. There's the biography, Luther, The Life and Longing of Luther Vandross. My memoir about being a grad school stripper hoe. All I Could Bear, My Life in the Strip Clubs of Gay Washington, D.C. My novel about three generations of black gay men looking for that good old love. Who's Your Daddy? And my forthcoming special, The Life and Art of Janet Jackson. In addition to that, I have a website where you can find links for all the songs and other things that I discuss on the show, and that's easy to remember. It's craigspoplife.com. And I also have an Amazon shop where I put all the books that I discuss on the podcast and other stuff that I particularly like. Maybe you will like it as well. And that is also easy to remember. It's Amazon.com slash shop slash Craig's Pop Life. So there we go. Now that we got the good business out the way, welcome to yet another very special Beyonce episode of Craig's Pop Life. Um... There have been others. I think we did a whole homecoming episode. So here we go. So this week, I'm going to give you my review of the new Lion King movie. And also my first listen. Sorry, I have to adjust my glasses, y'all. My first listen of the accompanying Beyonce curated album, The Lion King, The Gift. So starting with the movie. Okay, so as I was first seated in the good old IMAX cinema, the lights had come down and everything like that. It dawned on me that I had never really seen the original Lion King. I mean, because here's the weird thing. I have a younger brother, he's, but he's 23 years younger than me. So, like, you know, just growing up and stuff like that, 
and being around, I'd watch a lot of TV with them, mostly, you know, and we used to fight over the remote, because I'd want to be watching Arthur, and he'd want to watch that old white lady with her whack-ass school bus, and we'd be back and forth, and I even complained to my mother one time, I told her that he needed to be watching Arthur, because that was about actual human relationships, and if he kept all focused on that science stuff, he was going to turn out to be an antisocial nerd. Well, he's now an Ivy League-educated engineer with a girlfriend. But that's neither here nor there. Arthur is the better show. But all that is to say that I'm a mostly TV guy. That's mostly when I was in the room. When he was watching his little movies, I was just kind of in and out. Um, so, you know, like I heard the Lion King songs. I knew a little here and there, but I didn't really organically know the movie like that. Um and then when I lived in New York, I took him to see um, The Lion King on Broadway. But I just could not get into that because there were just too many actors running up and down the aisle, swinging shit, doing all sorts of stuff. And like, I'm from D.C. You don't just come running behind me like that. Like, I don't know you. I don't know your puppet. You need to get the fuck out my personal area and give me some space. So I was so tense during that experience. I don't even remember the show. So I didn't really follow the story. So that all that to say. Seeing the movie this time. Was an entirely new experience to me. Because I you know. Didn't really remember. Or had, or had. You know retained anything. From the initial times. That I was exposed to. You know various Lion King. Incarnations. So um. So, like I said, it was a new experience, and I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was a cute take on the whole, you know, how you have to walk through fire and go through tests and trials in order to find your inner power. You know, that whole theme, which is sort of universal, but, you know, it's one of those things that is always sort of compelling. And, um, you know, just I caught a couple of folks on Twitter before I saw it, um, people like Roxanne Gay, they were saying they didn't like the special effects. Because, you know, it's all actual animals, but it's special effects making it look like their mouths are moving and that they're emoting like humans and stuff like that. Some people said that they couldn't get into it, that it was too unrealistic. But to me, if you're a pet owner like me, then you already think your pets be talking. So I guess not a, it's not a stretch to think that... Um, you know, your pet is giving you a side. That's like, don't you look at me like that. I bring, I, pay, I bring the food in here. Don't you give me that look. You know, and like I, my dog, my dog's about to turn two. So she's getting into those teenage years. And now all of a sudden she got all this lip. Like I tell her to do something that she don't want to do. And I hear all this like, you know, growling under her little breath. And I'll be like, you know, I don't be having, I'll be like, just because you go on these little play dates at your white friends' houses and you hear them talk to their parents like that, don't mean you can run up in here with all this back talk. Because I don't play that. Going to fuck around and catch a shoe. So anyway, all that to say is that I already believe the animals be throwing attitude and shade and emoting and, you know, playing on your sympathy and stuff like that. And I already imagined stuff with my dog be cursing me out and being oh, that, that bitch. And, you know, also, and also be loving, you know. So, I mean, all that to say, it was not a stretch to me. So, maybe it will be for you, but it was not for me. And, 
you know, watching the film, I was really so caught up in the story and so caught up with the animals and the characters that I didn't even realize the first time Beyonce spoke. It was about a line in. I was like, oh, okay, that's B. You know, we, we, into the, we finally into the B part. And I thought she did a really good job because sometimes when she speaks, um, like in interviews and something, like she's very, could be kind of monotone. And because she, you know, has grown up in the industry and has so much training about um, not, she doesn't talk like me. She's not just saying any old thing. You know what I mean? She's very controlled about what she says and the message she's putting out. She's not just rambling on and on on a podcast in the middle of the night, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but um, I really did feel like she got into um, the character with her voice, you know, I didn't feel like I was listening to the audio from Life is But a Dream or anything like that, like I was really hearing her as Nala, and I was, you know, I really was not thinking the whole time, Beyonce is saying this, Beyonce is saying that, like I, she really did get me into the story. And I thought across the board, the vocal performances were really good from um, Donald Glover um, to Seth Rogen as Pumbaa to um, the head of the hyenas, which I love. It's this Ugandan um, German actress, Florence Kasamba, I think is how you pronounce her name. And she's also a member of the Black Panthers all-female fighting squad. So um, I don't know if she talks in the movie, but... Um, you know, she she's just fierce in the Lion King is voicing this hyena. Those hyenas were scary. There wasn't nothing, you know, um funny about them. Well, they have funny lines, but they were scary. Um, but the three voices that most stood out for me um were John Oliver as Zazu. I did not know it was John Oliver. I was just like, Oh, this bird is kinda of funny. I like this bird. Who's doing this bird? I had to Wikipedia after the movie and realized it was John Oliver because I don't really watch John Oliver's show unless somebody tells me, oh, you need to watch John Oliver's show. This particular episode of John Oliver's show. So I don't really know his voice like that. So I thought he did a great job. Um, and Billy Eichner was really funny. It was like he was channeling Paul Lynn from the old Hollywood squares and the old sitcoms and stuff like that for, um, you know, Pumbaa's little counterpart, what's Timon or something like that. And um, James Earl Jones, you know, it's James Earl Jones, one of those people, almost like Cicely Tyson, like it feels like it's almost like redundant to praise. Like, of course, they are going to do a great job because they are great. But I really got into um, him as Mufasa, which apparently he played in the original movie. I would not know. But, um, you know, he really, you know, he really James Earl Jones the situation. He was really great in it. So, so what's my ultimate assessment, you know, if you're thinking about, because IMAX is damn near $20, you know, if you're thinking about whether or not to put out your coins for this particular cinematic situation, you know, is it a must-see for grown-ass people, even grown-ass members of the Beehive like me? I would have to say no. I mean, it's entertaining and it's engaging, but it's like, it doesn't, it ain't telling you anything new and it's not really showing you anything new. It's just like, you know, it's very well done. Um, they're breathtaking scenes of, um, you know, various African landscapes and everything like that, but you could turn on Nat Geo and see some of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? So 
it's like in that way, it's not, and you know, the animals are talking, but in a way, the special effects for me were so good that it almost doesn't even seem special that they're talking. Do you know what I mean? So you just, for me, I just accept that right off the bat. So that didn't even, there was no novelty to that for me because I was in to it um, from jump. So, you know, now if you got some kids in your life, your own kids, some siblings, cousins, nieces, and nephews, um, yeah, and you can take them with you. Yeah, like you, if they ask you to take them, you will be entertained. You will enjoy it. You know, if you kind of want to see it yourself but need that extra push, just grab a kid, you know, from your circle and just, you know, that will be enough of a push to go over. I'm just saying, like, is it enough to plan your whole day? I mean, it might be a cool, like, you know, after a boozy brunch and y'all just slide into the line, that might be cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think you, under any circumstance, you'll feel like you wasted your money or anything like that. It's not that deep. I just think that it doesn't necessarily have the elements to make you go out of your way to see it. But that's just me. Everybody, um, well, you know, everybody will feel differently about that. And, of course, some people will just want to support it just because Beyonce's in it and they want to support a Beyonce film, and I can understand that. That is the reason why I went to see it. So, um, you know. Um, now, other than that, you know, we also get this um, new, this sort of curated Beyonce album, Lion King, The Gift, that's accompanying um, the the movie and that just dropped you know at midnight today which is friday i always th- i always think of myself as doing the show on thursday night but really i don't ever really do it till the early hours of um friday so this is kind of my first listen and my first thoughts on um the lion king the gift and my first response was like Damn, this is really a damn Beyonce album. It's a whole Beyonce album, down to the copyright. Because one of the first things I saw when I pulled the album up on title was, it reads, copyright um, 2019, Parkwood Entertainment, under exclusive license to Columbia Records, a division of Sony Music Entertainment. There ain't a Disney in the mix, despite The Lion King being a Disney film. And I'm thinking to myself, that's some boss-ass shit. I mean, think about it. To be able to say, you know, to a big-ass corporation like Disney, okay, look, I'll do your little movie, but I'm also going to do an album tied to the movie, and I'm going to own all of it. Y'all aren't going to get any of it. And what? You know, I mean, so I was impressed by the boss-assedness of the situation even before the music started playing. And essentially, the album has like nine new Beyonce songs, either solo Beyonce songs or Beyonce with people. And that was a lot more than I was expecting, too. You know, I was expecting maybe Spirit and like two other joints. You know what I mean? But it really is. um, I mean, she really is on a lot of the tracks and a lot of the tracks just feature her. And the other thing that immediately impressed me um, was the first song, Bigger, makes it clear that she's not singing in character or anything like that. She's not, you know, 
They know songs about Nala pining for Simba, something like that. I mean, there are interludes from the film in there, but it really is more about how she sort of used the themes of the film to reflect on her own life. And it gives us that same kind of introspection that has made her music so interesting over the last several years. Um, so I was really glad about that because I didn't want it to be sort of it's it does not it really doesn't feel like it's a standalone project from her career if that makes sense it really feels more like it flows right from lemonade you know and even has come some come of the afrobeat influences of four and it really fits right in there it's not usually when she released an album it's kind of like a whole new sound a whole new theme and everything like that and it's not that but it's like a kind of a connector album i guess in the same way that everything in love is love is um by the carters was kind of like a connecting album so anyway um that's what i was really i was like damn i really could get into this because it's her talking about her life based upon the movie's theme and um bigger is kind of like a musical cousin to love drought and it really makes it clear how personal she took the um, themes of the film because she sings about the continued pressures pressures of marriage and motherhood, you know, themes that she's visited before. And she even admits that it's, even for her, even for Beyonce, it's sometimes hard, sometimes a struggle to connect to her inner strength and to feel that sense of power from, you know, a higher, from a higher source. And at one point she sings, step into your essence and know that you're excellent. Oh, I'm not preaching. I'm talking, I'm taking my own advice. So, you know, it's her being vulnerable. It's her being um, open about her life, open about her insecurities. So that just really set a nice tone for me because I didn't feel like I was listening to, I was going to be getting into a, you know, like I said, a character album or just like a novelty album, even though if she were to have done a novelty Lion King album, I'm sure it would have been more creative and more entertaining than most people's little novelty album. But I was so glad from the initial song to kind of realize that it was not that. And, you know, she said that she wanted the album to have an authentic kind of Afrobeat feel. And I think it really succeeds in that. And it sounds a lot less forced than some of her previous Afrobeat excursions, um, like, say, Until the End of Time, which was never really one of my favorite cuts, even though she performs, performed it to death. Um, you know how Beyonce was performing stuff and, like, that you might not like the song initially, and the first concert she performs that, you might not like it. Second concert she performs that, you still might like it. Three or four tours in, you're singing the song at the top of your lungs. Same thing happened with Run the World. You know, I did not necessarily like that song, but now, you know, when I hear it at the show. So she does a good job in selling what she is putting out. But um, all that to say, just as it exists on the um, album, I really feel like she is able to very organically integrate some of these sounds and rhythms with her very singular kind of um, style and sound as it's really been defined since the self-titled album. So 
But then at the same time, the interesting thing about it is that the album makes you realize how much African and Afro-Caribbean rhythms have just been basically infused seamlessly into contemporary pop and R&B. Because nothing on the album, even by the artists, you know, the African artists themselves without Beyonce being on it, nothing really sounds like it would be out of place, you know, on the radio, at the club, or as a track on a Drake album. You know, it just it sounds very much in line with um, kind of what's going on with music right now. And so another song that I like, and it's actually the second song, Find Your Way Back. Now, like I said, um, Bigger was kind of like a musical cousin to Love Drought. Sorry about that. I just hit my mic. Um, Bigger is kind of a musical cousin to Love Drought. Find Your Way Back is like a thematic cousin of Daddy Lessons. It's sort of her talking about, um, you know, her father giving little tests for her as a girl in order for her to prove herself and to understand um, how to navigate the world and things like that. So those are pro- even, um, I probably listened to about three times now. You know, those two are probably my favorite songs um, on those first couple of listens. As for the other Beyonce songs that initially stand out for me, of course, I love Brown Skin Girl for the sentiment. Um, I really like the ballad, Other Side. It kind of gives me the Stevie Wonder, if it's magic type of feeling. So I I definitely feel like I'm going to be revisiting that song a lot. And of course, Mood Forever with Jay-Z and um, Jay-Z's rapping on and Childish Gambino singing is one that talk that shit type of party joints, you know, when they just, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm bad. You know, one of those type of shit talking songs, type of which I personally love, type to get me hyped. Sometimes you need those songs. I have a whole playlist of those type of songs. Sometimes you be waking up, you be having one of them days, you need a, you know, hype type of, ain't nobody badder than me, you know, I'm the shit type of song just to get you to regular functioning levels. So I always love those types of songs. And this song is very interesting. It's very layered. Um, you know, it's like a club joint, but it has a lot of layers to it. It has some African chants. And at one point, it serves up um, sort of a variation on the Maria Maria, Independent Woman, Wild Thoughts, you know, that beat. It's basically all the same beat, but it does it with African drums. So that's really interesting. And... The song is produced by Beyonce and DJ Khaled, so I thought that that's good. People can finally stop asking what it is that he does, because he, you know, if Beyonce has chosen him in particular to produce a cut on her album that she's specially curating for a movie project, then yes, you are a producer without question, whatever, you know. So, shout out to DJ Khaled. Um... As for the other songs, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say anything that I didn't like because I think that's really not appropriate when you're just listening to something, you know, one time. And I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have done that as a critic when I was writing. Well, I probably did actually because sometimes you're on deadline and you have to. But now that I own my own shit and I'm doing this, my, my own shit for me, I can do what I want. And for me, I don't think it's really. Unless something is egregiously bad, I, you know, sometimes it just takes some stuff to grow on you. So I'm not going to say anything. Not that there are any songs that I really feel are bad. They're just some songs that I just, you know, 
it's like, okay, you know, I just I didn't really get into um, first or second or third listen. But, hey, you know, after I have a glass of wine tonight or something, or after I wake up tomorrow, maybe put it on a playlist as I go on my run or something like that, it might be a whole different experience. So, um, But the other songs that I get the feeling I'm going to really get into, like Water... I think it's really going to grow on me. I'll give you an update next week, but I feel like water's going to grow on me. And in terms of the other artists on the album, um, on some of the non-Beyonce songs, you know, the first one who really hooked me from Jump was Nigerian Burner Boy. Um, I know he's been been around, so I'm not acting like, I mean, I know it's, just me new to listening to him but I know others been listening to him but I I really like the song that he has on the soundtrack he has a real sexy and smooth voice and flow so I'm definitely you know gonna go back through that cat- catalog because he really impressed me um and so that's it for my um assessment of the of the album and um you know and to just sum up um my my thoughts on the film and the thoughts on the album. As far as the um, movie, you know, it's entertaining, but it's not a must-see unless you got kids or something. Um, and then as for the gift, the album, um, I think the thing you most need to know is that it really is like a whole Beyonce album, you know, and it's probably much more of a Beyonce album than if you were like me, than you were probably expecting. So enjoy it, and I guess that's why she called it The Gift. So anyway, thanks once again for listening. Um, If you enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate if you could rate it on iTunes. You don't got to write nothing. Just push the number of stars. Like I said, I really appreciate it because it does help a lot with search results. And if you know somebody who likes the podcast, I mean, hell, maybe you didn't enjoy the podcast, but maybe, you know, you know somebody who would. So if you are that person or whatever, you know somebody who might like it, please share it. I'd appreciate it very much. And until next time, people, you know, I love y'all for listening. Um, As we do it this time, be cool, be kind, be creative. And in the words of my fave, be your damn self. (laughs) Okay, I love y'all. See you next week. Bye.